Hi, I'm Wes Platt, Executive Editor of School Bus Fleet. Welcome to our latest episode of The Route, our ongoing content series. Um, please follow us on social media. Click like on this and all our other videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Comments are always welcome. My guest today is Brianna Walsh, Senior Director of eCity Business Development at NLX, which has a focus on electric mobility and smart cities. Okay, let's get rolling. Now, first, Brianna, please start by sharing your background and telling us what led you to joining the team at NLX. Sure. So thanks, Wes, very much for having me um, on the route today. Um, I first was a, a math major, um, and I worked in D.C. for a few years, um, went back to get a master's degree, and wanted to be um, targeting something in the renewable energy, clean tech, sustainability space. I knew I needed in my daily work that mission connection, and for me, addressing climate change was where I wanted to have impact, especially on the energy sector. So I first worked for a company called Enernoc, um, and that company was acquired by Enel uh, about five years ago. Um, and um, it's been a really uh, good uh, experience working both for Enernoc and Enel. The company Enel in the U.S. is doing what I want. So it's, it's really exciting to be working for a company. We have um, renewable uh, energy activities. We are a developer and a um, owner and operator of wind farms and solar farms in the U.S. Um, the Enernoc business was more focused on some of our services, and so um, some of my past activity is our areas around energy procurement and running demand response programs where we're working to have flexibility with the grid with commercial customers. Um, but it's been really exciting in recent years, uh, recent time to be working on fleet electrification. So um, I am someone who definitely has spent a fair amount of time on public transport, um, especially when I lived in DC and before I had my own car um, and, and even when I had my own car. And the transportation sector is the largest source of emissions um, for greenhouse gases. Um, there's so much going on with fleet electrification and coming from a company that um, is a NEL where we have renewable energy activity, we are doing work to uh, decarbonize the grid. It's really exciting to take that expertise and apply it to fleet and transit, whether that is school buses, public transport or private fleets. Great. Now, um, when it comes to school districts around the United States, um, you do, like you said, you have a big focus on fleet electrification. Now, why do you think fleet electrification is so important? Why is it so critical that school districts think about this? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's definitely a, a secondary thought <laughs> at the best for school districts, right? I mean, schools, mm. their prime objective is educating students, and, and that will remain to be the, the true there are, you know, in how we've worked with schools in, in other areas of our business, we know schools care also about sustainability objectives. Um, and that pairs really well with transportation. So, you know, I think it's uh, really beneficial that the US has um, good transportation services that get students to school. Um, I mean, there are over 
uh, almost 500,000 school buses in the US. Mm -hmm. And a very small percent of them are electric. I think we're just about at 1% today. Um, And schools are, you know, we know the benefits uh, of electric school buses. They, the traditional diesel buses um, emit a lot of emissions that for the health of both students and the communities is is adding to the pollution and that's causing health issues. And it's um, releasing greenhouse gases that are impacting our climate. Right. So, you know, I think when the schools are looking at the larger ecosystem, education first, but then how they're getting students to school and the impact of um, school activity on the environment, they need to be thinking about fleet electrification. Um, and it's a really good time to do it. I mean, let, let's be honest. I think what we've seen in past decades of what schools have done for sustainability has been um, energy efficiency projects, making the school building um, operate more efficiently, um, maybe putting solar on their roof. We, we work with many schools where we have solar installations and um, uh, paired with battery storage for giving um, them that source of renewable energy right on site. Um, But now is a time to be shifting toward electric transportation. The school buses that are electric are are great now. Um, You know, 10 years ago, that wasn't an option. So I think now is a time for schools to be shifting um, in that focus. Great. Now, what are the primary hurdles that you see school districts facing when they're thinking about this transition to battery electric buses? Yeah. So, I I mean, I think historically some of it was the technology wasn't there and and now it is. So um, as we're talking with schools, um, really there are, there are two top challenges. The the first is budget and the second is it's change, it's change and it's complex change. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, on the budget, um, that is always a really tough issue for schools. I mean, we, we know across the board, schools need more funding. Um, and when it comes to transportation, they, they don't have the ability to spend more. Electric buses still cost three times as much as diesel buses. And so at Anel X, we have a turnkey offering to try to help schools not need to make an upfront purchase of an electric bus. Um, we make that purchase, keep that capital and asset um, on, on our books and give the use of that bus and the charging infrastructure to the school for a fixed annual fee across a, a multi-year contract. Um, and so we're you know, working with schools because it, it can help them make it more approachable for um, having an electric bus and, and not um, impacting their budget significantly. Right. The, the second part on the uh, aspect of change, that's the toughest part. Mm. <laughs> and um, because any change is tough, and especially when you're going from something where you're used to using a certain fueling source to an electric source, there's a lot of complexity there. Um, I mean, personally, I really enjoy talking to schools and seeing um, you know, as they're thinking about electric, what is easy for some schools and what is tough for some schools. Um, And that is really where we try to bring our expertise um, in uh, grid installations, in in, uh, vehicle charging, because schools don't have the capacity in in their teams to um, add that knowledge. They've got, um, you know, business and finance managers and transportation um, managers that are already doing a lot and it's a lot to, to learn more. Yeah, that is a lot to try to take in and, and absorb. I mean, I know just 
covering it as a media organization, it's mm-hmm. a lot to take in. Um, but it seems like it's very important going forward. Now, not too long ago, uh, Congress passed President Biden's Infrastructure Act, uh, which includes $5 billion over the next five years for zero emission buses, including electric. Uh, what impact do you expect this new law to have uh, on school districts that are trying to get to fleet electrification? Uh, you see it helping a lot. Do you see it helping a little? Where is it kind of sitting on the scale for you? Yeah, um, we are really excited about the funding that's coming out. Um, and um, and the clean bus, the five, the five billion is exciting. There are other areas that, that we're also um, really interested in. Um, I'll share that one of our, our main products in, in the US is electric vehicle chargers. Um, mm. We make level two, level three chargers um, and sold over a hundred thousand of them in the US. Um, and, and they pair really well with school buses. You can also buy one for your own home if you're, if you're ready to yeah. um, have an electric vehicle. And the reason I bring that up is um, the clean bus funding is very exciting and I'll I'll talk about that in just a minute, but there's going to be so much more installation of electric vehicle chargers for public use in corridors. There's already a lot in in certain states across the US, but Mm -hmm. a lot of that funding is to really push it across all states and to make it more accessible. Um, and I think schools should kind of keep that in mind because that's some concern we hear is, oh, we have just one bus and one charger, you know, what happens? But more and more, it'll be like, it'll be, you know, in the same way there are gas stations and other parts of your town, there are also charging stations. Um, and if they're not there yet, I think some of this funding is going to bring a lot more. So we're excited about that. Um, on the clean bus funding, um, this is really exciting for schools. And I think what I would emphasize here is, Um, making the decision for a school to um, shift to electric buses is not an easy one. You you wanna make sure you can get the right financial um, approach and and we help schools with that. But even more so is the planning, just starting to ask, is it feasible? Can an electric bus meet my route needs? Generally, yes, but maybe in a few cases that will still be a challenge. So you need to kind of look at that. Um, you need to decide where your buses will be parked. Can you get electric service to that at place and at what cost? And now is the time for any schools that are thinking about this to plan because the funding that coming out is great. And it's a really good time to act now rather than later and get going um, and get going with that funding. Um, but it's not a decision that you'll make in a week or two time. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, now different districts have different needs and they have varying capacities for handling electric school bus infrastructure. Uh, how does NLX approach working with rural school districts, for example, as opposed to an urban or suburban district? Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely um, see some differences. I, I think our approach when we're talking with schools is to generally start with a a get to know you conversation and many times some of the schools that we're talking with we've we've done prior activity with um but we're helping them first see um you know will electric buses meet their needs and so with rural districts that can be something we need to look a bit more closely at with routes if they're doing longer routes mm-hmm. um but urban districts have challenges too they're just yeah. a little different um we see some urban districts more constrained on land. They're uh, 
they don't often own the land. And so thinking about making an investment in to land that is leased is, is not always a, an approachable answer. Um, so um, I really enjoy some of the conversations we have with schools, all of them, but especially when it gets complex because there are going to be schools that um, the, the cards align and it just is gonna work out better and faster. And there are other schools where there might be some challenges. Um, and we really partner with schools to try to help them navigate that and, and go forward if it's gonna you know, find a good plan for them to make that transition. Great. Now the company's assistance includes working with electric school bus manufacturers during the procurement process. Which manufacturers are currently on board for this process? Who do you have helping out? Great. So we um, are working with many of the different school bus manufacturers. Um, and um, there, are, there are definite ones that uh, we, we are in more conversations with um, that, that have a lot of good initial experience with the buses, right? I mean, we see a lot of Lion and Bluebird and Thomas built buses out there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but we're talking with some of the other ones that are maybe more regional um, or um, a smaller amount of, of, of bus models available. And really our um, approach with talking with school bus manufacturers is we want to help you know, get their product out. Um, yep. We also want to understand their product and give them feedback. Um, there's, you know, electric buses can do the same things that diesel buses can. Of course, you need to, you know, be aware of charging patterns. Um, but there are also some differences in the electric bus models out there. And um, since we are not connected to one particular one, we work with schools to um, give them our best recommendation um, for mm -hmm. the school bus that will meet their needs. And, and it can vary. I mean, we see um, school buses that have different body types, school buses that have different battery capacities, school buses that are kind of more connected to local dealerships. And so that can really vary what a school might be thinking about. Um, and we like to navigate that for them. Okay. And you were saying that uh, when it comes to that procurement process, um, your company actually takes on the asset, right? Yeah. Is that accurate? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so what one, one of the things that the school district has to do though, is they pay some kind of an annual fee uh, on a contract. What is the annual fee and how is that determined? Yeah, so um, this is uh, our activity we do in the U.S. with schools or transit or private fleet is very similar to some of the deployments that we've done in South America. So um, and now we've got uh, um, a really broad reach in the United States, um, but also globally. And um, in parts of South America, we um, manage and serve over 1,700 electric buses. Wow. Um, and our activity there is, is similar to what we're doing here um, with schools where we um, purchase the bus, so, so we um, uh, make that purchase. We um, purchase a charging infrastructure, which for mostly school buses, we can use our own chargers that we are manufacturing and the software that goes with them. And um, we take on the investment of the installation. Um, and this is always a, a very custom thing for each school of how you right. install those chargers. Um, and um, we'll look at that cost. We factor in the maintenance over time. Generally, electric buses have lower maintenance costs than diesel buses. Mm -hmm. um, and we also um, have a team that is 
regularly looking at grants and rebates. Um, some of those are for the chargers um, and some of them are for the buses in, in past kind of programs and, and some new ones that are coming out. We will also look at grid services. So um, uh, part of our company is regularly um, working with commercial industrial customers in demand response programs, which are ways that those customers can reduce power at times when the grid is constrained and be compensated for that. Um, it's, it can be applicable to school bus operations. Mm -hmm. So we'll look at that full cost of how much it's going to take up front to get the buses and infrastructure. What is the ongoing cost? And are there any ways to kind of offset that cost through grants, rebates, and incentives? Um, and we'll use that to calculate a fixed amount across a five, seven, 10 year contract for a school so that they have that certainty of what that annual cost is. Um, and we manage making sure that we can then execute and deploy that project, um, keeping with our expectations. Fantastic. Um, last question, can you give a sense of what the process is like for customers working with, uh, with NLX? I kind of get the sense you've kind of uh, gotten around the corners of this, kind of explaining how you communicate with them, figure out their needs, but uh, just kind of what does a school district do to reach out? Uh, and then what happens after that? Yeah, so um, uh, we, we take our time and, and I think schools do too because it, it is gonna be somewhat secondary for them, but we um, start our process with schools with just uh, getting a sense of how they operate their fleet today. Um, there are a lot of different models um, and in particular, most of the schools we're working with, um, the, the best fit is when they are um, maintaining the buses themselves and staffing their drivers. So uh, we know that the pain point of, of drivers is, is very challenging today. Um, and uh, drivers generally like electric buses better, but that, that's still a challenge. Mm. Um, and so we start with the school to just go through why they're thinking about electric buses, what they know so far, do they know, you know where they wanna park them, how many they're thinking about, do they wanna start with just one or two buses? Do they wanna start with a, a larger um, approach? And we'll move them through the process. We'll, we'll try to do a preliminary financial analysis so we that figure out with them and us pretty quickly if we're gonna be near their budget needs, right? Most mm -hmm. schools are trying to say, you know, if, if I can do this at the same cost, it's a no brainer, I'll do it. So we try to figure out if we're close to that first and then um, move forward so that um, we can kind of get more serious about the project together. Um, and, and, it, and it goes from there. Um, okay, excellent. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for taking the time to be here and uh, sharing the work you're doing to help districts that are trying to make this transition to zero emission school buses. Uh, I agree. I think it's a, a very important thing. I know that, uh, you know, they're they're improving the diesel emission buses and trying to make them less polluting. Um, but I know over time that the uh, regulations and stuff the EPA is putting in place that's going to make the diesel buses more expensive. Uh, to, you know, they're already more expensive to maintain. Um, but they're going to be more expensive to buy and keep uh, and keep replacing. So, yeah, eventually, uh, you know, from what I've heard in the industry, they expect the cost to kind of level out uh, at yeah. a certain point uh, in the next decade or so. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely looking like it's going that direction. Yeah. And, and we'll add to that is like 
that is why it is very exciting, the funding that's available from, from the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. And you know, for any schools thinking about this, this is a great time to have uh, an exploratory conversation and you know, try to try to jump in with a start because um, there there's good support for doing this now, and it is not easy to change. But but starting it is really good. Um, and I think that thing I'll add to that is um, we know students and and families um, you know uh, are thinking about what is ahead in their environment, and I think it's also really good leadership for schools in addition to everything they're doing with. Um, educating kids to also be showing to students leadership um, on sustainability yep. objectives. And um, now, you know, electric school buses is a really great way to engage on that activity. Outstanding. Well, thank you again. It's time to park the bus for now. Thank you for watching. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell your friends about the route. And uh, you can reach out to me by email at west.plat at bobbit.com. Tweet us at schoolbusfleet. Drive safely and see you next time on The Route.